On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. So, priest, a rabbi, a midget, three fire throwers, a Jedi, a Wookiee, and a blonde walk into a bar. Sonny, what do you think they had to say? I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. They said, I like to rock and roll. And so that's what we're going to do on another episode of Growing Up Rock. Sonny, tell us, what the hell have we got in store this week? What's new? What's exciting? What are we going to be talking about? So, new, exciting. I'm just living the life out here. But uh, our topic this week, which was a really cool idea that you had, we wanted to talk about our favorite concert opening tunes. Whether it was, you know, something you remember from the younger years or something that's happened recently, that anticipation that you get when you're sitting there waiting for the band to come on. You know, at times it's a curtain drop, at times it's just pitch dark and they come out, times they pop out of things. But that opening song, if it was killer, it just sets the tone for that whole show. So uh, we're going to talk about some of those for us. What do you think about that? I'm excited about that. That's my favorite time of any concert really is when the lights go down and that first song, that big reveal, as I like to call it. I mean, that to me, that's the best part of any concert. Some people like the encores or the guitar solos or whatever, but I really, really like that opening moment, you know, that intro tape or the dramatic reveal you know because they're playing they're usually playing rock and roll over the pa and the lights are on everybody's having a good time and your your people watching and you're hanging out with friends etc etc and then just all of a sudden that music stops those house lights go out and the intro tape just kicks in that's to me that is just a hair hair raising goosebump moment for me on most concerts so i i love it and that's that's where uh this idea kind of came from you know i just remembered something that one of the things that happens with our show right is there's memories popping into my head all the time there had to been a run of shows where every song it seemed like on every show the song before the curtain drop was back in black do you remember that 
I remember it quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, that's that's interesting you say that. But yeah, it seems like a lot of the concerts I went to, definitely ACDC made an appearance at some point in time during those play tapes. Yeah, it was either Back in Black right before the curtain drop or Highway to Hell at some point. Like ACDC, I probably listened to more ACDC at concerts, non-ACDC concerts, than I did on tape at that time. Yeah, right on. Shook me all night long, was on all the time. Oh, yeah. Yep. I just remember that. For sure. Uh, it's interesting how this show kind of jars those memories. That's what it's kind of all about, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, before we get into that, uh, we need to do a little bit of house cleaning and uh, have the lovely and talented Samantha tell our fine listeners where they can get our podcast and what they can do to help us out. Miss Samantha, please. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. All right, Sonny. So a bunch of people helped us out this past week and shared and tweeted our podcast. And uh, that always helps get the word out because right now we're so new. We're just building that base following. So what do we got? All right. So our grownups of the week, and uh, we got a bunch of them. Jody Havnot, Tom Dust, Helmet Epic. That's got to be the funnest one on this. Uh, that's the funnest thing. I love Helmet. Helmet rocks. <laughs> Alan Tate from Ages of Rock podcast, Jay Sabluski, who's uh, been a consistent fan, Harry Chapotter, Rick Friel, Adam Cox, Andy LaFon, Lingua Morris, Luis Delgado, our friend Courtney Cronin Dole, Andrew Jacobs, Sebi and 21 on Twitter, our buddy Chris Sinzak, Brian Specht, the Wannabes. Hairnet Radio, which sounds like a radio station meant for me. Kurz1967, which is a Twitter handle. New Rock Unchained, which is a pretty cool. It's a Twitter feed that just uh, basically supports uh, rock and metal. Our buddy Steve Wright. Sam Wetz. EMZT Productions. Kathy Hamilton. D. Vargenstock. That's a pretty good one, too. Uh, Nicole Eddington. Our buddy Nighthawk. The guys from Restrained always uh, like their support. Heart of Markness, which is a Led Zeppelin podcast. I had never heard of that one before, so I got to check that one out. Uh, Shane A. Herbert, The Reverend, which is a Twitter handle. Save Rock and Metal, which is a Twitter handle. Eddie the Axe, which is a Twitter handle. Could Have Happened, which is a Twitter handle. And Daryl Alber. So thank you for sharing on Twitter and on Facebook. You guys are really helping us out. Shane is AKA the Mooger figure. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you meet oh. didn't you meet him at Rock and Pod? Yeah, I did, but you know, I, I'm not putting the names together. I had no idea. I love the Fugger and Mrs. Fugger as well. Both he yeah, and his yeah, wife she was are very awesome. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Cool. I hope I got that right and didn't just make that up. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost hundred percent sure. So, Sonny, we have a phenomenal word of the day. I got to be honest. I've never heard of this word. Is it loquacious? Is that how you say it? Loquacious. Yes. Loquacious. Talking or tending 
to talk too much or freely. Talkative, chattering, babbling. Yeah, so definitely I am often loquacious on this podcast. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Okay, we're going to use that word today. That should be very interesting, loquacious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use that word on somebody on Words with Friends, and they're going to be like, where the hell did you get that? I'm excessive talk and wordy. We we both tend to be loquacious at times. Yeah, that's why we have two hour episodes sometimes. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Exactly. We gotta trim it down for sure. All right. Not to be loquacious, let's get to our Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So the Crank It Up Spotlight. Did you know that Iron Maiden has 12 live albums they've released? I would not know that number exactly, but it would not surprise me. Yes. 12 live albums. They just released their latest on November 17th, and it's called The Book of Souls, The Live Chapter. And it's got 15 songs. The part that's cool about this is, first of all, they're all over the place. They took it from the Book of Souls tour, obviously, and it's you know everywhere from Australia to South Africa to Ireland, Canada, Poland, Japan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But six out of the 15 songs are actually off the album, The Book of Souls. So, uh, you know, I've, I've said it before, I say it again, Maiden has not gotten a memo that you're not supposed to play new songs live <laughs> because they kill it. And I've heard this album, and the new songs fit very well with some of their classics. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually play one of the songs off of Book of Souls. It's one of the songs I like. Yeah. uh, Written by Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson. Let's play The Speed of Light from Cape Town, South Africa. Three 
Uh, so I'll just say this real quick. Speed of Light, definitely one of the two, one of the new tunes I like off that Book of Souls record. I just I I can't I can't <laughs> I can't do it. I love Maiden and I love early Maiden and I love live Maiden, but I just a lot of that Book of Souls thing is just too long and too too slow for me. I just don't I don't. I can't get into it. I can't sink my teeth into it. Sonny, I got musical ADD, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually pretty good. I think some of the new Maiden is actually pretty good. You know, scream for me, South Africa. He must say scream for me on every one of those songs, I think. But when you listen to live that live album front to back, it's actually really good. And the li- the new songs come off pretty well. All right, dude, I'll take your word for it. They do. All right, it's time to get get it on to our main discussion. We're talking about concert openers, so that first song that goes on when bands hit the stage. House lights go down, intro tape plays, and the band hits the stage in a flash kicking ass with what? Well, I guess I'll go first on this. So, I saw Extreme at the beginning of the porno graffiti tour and they were still playing clubs this was long before i think decadence dance was the first single if i'm not mistaken and so i think that that had just released to radio this is way before more than words way before wholehearted all that crap and i was an extreme fan i'd already seen him a couple times on the first record i liked the first record so I went to see them at this club. Some friends of mine were opening up. Uh, the club was about 500 seats. It was an awesome club. It always sounded great in there. So we went to see Extreme. Uh, and this was back when, um, you know, people were just hanging out. I mean, I was at Soundcheck because, like I said, some friends of mine were opening up the show. And I ran into... Gary Sharon just hanging out. I uh, had a nice conversation with him. It was cool. It was casual. But Extreme hit the stage, and the house lights went off. I don't remember what the intro tape was, but they basically walked on stage. Nuno cranked up his guitar, stood in front of his stack, and they busted out this song, which I love off the Porno Graffiti record. It's a monster. You know this tune, Sonny? This whole album is one of my Desert Island albums. It's one, it is the second best album I own, period. Yeah, I, I dig this record as well. So, uh, Extreme, it's a monster.
Yeah, that's a great song. All right, so my first pick is actually Motley Crue. 1990, uh, I'd already seen Motley Crue a couple of times by this time, but this is a Dr. Feelgood tour. February 18th, Oakland Coliseum. And I was taking my new girlfriend, and she wasn't a she was more of a classic rock fan because she was older than me, and she really didn't know a lot of the new rock that was out there at the time. I just wanted to uh, take her and you know show her a good time, obviously. This place was uh, general admission, so we kind of creep up because the opener was Faster Pussycat, and after Faster Pussycat was done, you know the crowd starts dispersing because they got to go to you know the bathroom or whatever, and then back in the day, people would start kind of going towards the front because they want to be as close to the stage as possible. And we were probably second or third row of people. I didn't like being that first row of people because you get like pushed against the barrier and stuff. So what I would do is, you know, if I took somebody to a show, they would be standing in front of me and then I would kind of put my arms around her. So, you know, she's kind of protected and we're kind of together and, you know, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And I remember there was a bunch of laser stuff on the curtain, bunch of it didn't make sense to me then it would be like a picture of the theater of pain album that'd be a picture of girls 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 kind of motorcycle and girls 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 logo and the place was starting to get a little restless and the curtain drops and they go straight into kickstart my heart and i remember the place is i'm getting chills telling you the place behind us is getting crazy and there's push getting Forward, backward, forward, backward, kind of a pit starts. People start bouncing into each other, blah, blah, blah. And then they went right into red hot. I had to pull my girlfriend straight back out of the pit all the way to the back of the venue where people were standing because she was about ready to pass out. It was crazy. I don't know if you remember this tour. I do remember this tour. Yeah, I absolutely do remember this tour. Man, I love Kickstart My Heart. That's one of those songs that no matter how many times I hear it, it always gets me going. I mean, it just it pumps me up for sure. This is probably, I would say this is one of my top, probably one of my top five uh, Motley songs. And I would agree with you. And yeah, that place, the Coliseum was jumping, and we're talking early 90. So Crew is one of the biggest bands on the planet right now so great show so we're gonna go ahead and play kickstart my heart
Yep, that's killer. When I came up with this idea and started thinking about it, I mean, I'm just like you. I was going through my head and just trying to remember all these concerts that I had attended over over my years. Because, I mean, uh, when you start looking at big concerts and club concerts and, and you know, all these places uh, and just trying to go down your iTunes list to see which bands you had seen live and, and what they opened with and things like that. I mean, there's there's just all kinds of things that kind of came to mind. I mean, I'm sure uh, every time we do one of these type of episodes, there's probably, we remember maybe 40%, maybe 50% of, of what actually we've done or we have attended or whatever. But there's probably we're missing probably 50 or 60% of stuff that we just don't think about or we think about it at a later time. Some of the concerts I saw that that blew my mind that I thought were amazing. Um, so I saw Kid Rock and I know Kid Rock, not not your typical hard rock metal, but Devil Without a Cause is a hard rock record. <laughs> I mean, say whatever you want to say about the rap or whatever, but Devil Without a Cause is a hard rock record. That's a rocking record. And I saw Kid Rock on the Devil Without a Cause tour. This was just as he was kind of breaking loose. I mean, he he was not at, at the height that he is these days i mean so he was playing again a small club in fact i saw him in the same club that i saw extreme in which was a place called the cotton club which held about 500 people and it was packed solid man it was jam packed uh that night that uh we saw kid rock and it sounded so good and the stage is fairly small and the room is wide but it's not deep if that makes sense so we were literally right up against the stage man and he he blew my socks off man uh and he opened up with uh ball with the ball and it was it just it sounded so good i mean it it really floored me i thought that was an amazing show Def Leppard, when I saw them uh, on the Pyromania tour, that was their first U.S. headlining tour. And we saw them. I've talked about it on this show before. Crocus opened up the show. John Butcher Axis opened up. And they hit the stage with Stage Fright. And they were explosive. They were amazing. They had these two towers on each side with the little bullseye thing from Pyromania. And, it, you know, back in the day, it wasn't extravagant. So it like shot off, you know, sparklers or whatever, <laughs> you know, fireworks from these towers or whatever. But they were really good opening up with that tune because that's another one of those songs that you don't hear that much about or doesn't doesn't seem to get that much you know, talked about when you talk about Pyromania, but I love that tune. Uh, those are just a couple of the shows that come to mind when I was going through all my, all my stuff. I've never seen Kid Rock live, and I didn't see the Pyromania, Pyromania tour. That was a little before my time, but I think they opened with Stage Fright on the Hysteria tour too, because I remember seeing them in Stage Fright being the first song, so had to be Hysteria. A couple that I wanted to share that I've seen. So Maiden in 87. So it's the first time I see Maiden. 
and this is February of 87 at the Oakland Coliseum. Vinny Vincent Invasion opened. When I told Mark Slaughter about this, he was like, wow, you go way back. And I remember it being, so Invasion got done, they're done. The house lights, you know, they're on for a while, then they go off. And there's like this three to five minute buildup, which seemed like a lifetime. And I think they were playing the Blade Runner theme. <laughs> and then it went from the Blade Runner theme to the lick in Caught Somewhere in Time. So all you could hear that, right? And you can't see anything. I mean, it's all blacked out. And then an explosion, there's like an explosive that goes off. Then there's like a smoke machine. I remember the lights went on. There was like this industrial stage. They were nuts. The Coliseum was jumping because by 87, Maiden was huge. And I remember, I don't think Dickinson stayed still for a second. Oh, he's active. The guy was everywhere. Yeah, totally. Uh, so uh, that was one I remember, and then I wanted to share with you Van Halen. So, 86 Van Halen, this is the first time I've seen Van Halen, and I saw him on back-to-back nights. And so by this time, obviously, they're 250-150 in his Hagar. And uh, I remember thinking, will they do Sammy Hagar songs? Because I was always already a Hagar fan, too. Or is it all going to be Van Halen songs? You know, what are they going to open with? Blah, blah, blah. And the opener was BTO, and I'm like, ugh. Like, when I saw him the first night on November 2nd at the Cow Palace, I remember, okay, I'm going to go the next night, and I don't want to see him. I don't want to see BTO, so we'll just go late. And uh, Because I didn't think they were great. (laughs) And then, you know, the opener on 5150 opens with, hello, baby, right, when he's saying that. But then they went into, you really got me. That was the actually opening song. Uh-huh. And Sammy's wearing this headset mic, and they're all jumping up and down. I'm like, Jesus, this place is crazy. The, they had tons of energy. The place was nuts. And then they went into There's Only One Way to Rock, and I'm like, oh, man, they're going to do Sammy songs too. That was one of the best shows I ever saw. So uh, that, those were the couple that I wanted to share. Nice. So circling back around to the Hysteria tour, I was – technology gotta love it so i pulled it up so you're right stage fright is what they opened up with on oh, the hysteria okay. tour so it was stage fright rock rock till you drop women another hit and run too late for love hysteria guitar solo gods of war die hard to hunter bringing on the heartbreak fooling animal pour some sugar on me let it go rock of ages and the encore was love bites and photograph that is an incredible set. That's a pretty good set, Les. Yeah. I get two of my favorite songs, which is Let It Go and Another Hit and Run, which I love. Yeah. And Stage Fright, Rock Rock, Till You Drop is a, is a great one-two punch at the beginning of the show. Dig yeah, that's it. cool. Yep. Cool. All right. Your turn, I'm on. Uh, yours. All right. So I've talked about this show numerous times. I've talked about this being probably – a couple of the best concerts that I've ever seen just from a show perspective and a song perspective and just performance, the whole, the whole thing. I had the privilege of seeing Mr. Ronnie James Dio, both on the last in line tour and the sacred heart tour. Loved it. Saw him twice on the last in line tour. And when I saw them, 
the first time on the last in line tour first time that i'd ever seen him live and they had this big pyramid on stage and the top of the pyramid was basically the drum riser so the the very top of the pyramid the point kind of comes off and Vinnie Apsies underneath it and that's where the drummer is and then it had these little two doors on the front of the uh, pyramid and that's that's where Dio comes out of and this is the original the classic lineup Vivian Campbell Jimmy Bain Vinnie Apsie Ronnie James Dio Claude Chanel killer 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 and they open up with probably one of the most exciting Dio songs for me first song I've ever heard from Ronnie James Dio just solo stand up and shout man this song pumps my blood I love this tune and when they opened up with that and Vivian cranks into that song at the beginning killer 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 that is a great opener yeah, I didn't see Dio until Dream Evil. Remember, they scared the hell out of me from our Halloween episode? Yep, yep, yep. yep. That was the first time I saw Dio, <laughs> and then I didn't see him again for a while. So, uh, But this is a killer opening song. Yeah, you got to love it. From the first record, Holy Diver, Dio, stand up and shout. Let it out, people. <laughs> I've actually mentioned this show before bone bash 12 and uh, bone bash is one of the radio stations in bay area called the bone they uh sponsor shows and the bill was thin lizzie black label society judas priest and this was actually in october of 2011 at the concord pavilion and concord pavilion is uh an outdoor arena kind of the seats are covered but then the grass is not and then there's big screens, so 
my actual high school graduation was there, actually. Uh, it probably seats, I don't know, 7,000 people or so with the lawn and everything. And I used to actually live right by there back in the day, which was kind of cool because I, I heard a lot, lot of concerts. But anyway, I wanted to talk about Black Label Society. So, you know, me and my best friend, his brother went, and my actual admin went too. And I think we were the only ones that weren't bikers there. Because of Priest plus Black Label, it was wall-to-wall bikers. And that night seemed like it was sold out. I don't know if it was exactly sold out. And fist pumping with one hand and beer in the other, and everybody's got leather jackets on. And the place was a little nuts. And then the curtain's up, and the BLS logo is on the curtain. The curtain drops, and they go into Crazy Horse off of Order of the Black, because that was this album they were touring. Love it. And Zach is up on, you know how sometimes he gets on like a pedestal a little bit, and he's got an Indian headdress on. He's already six foot something. Put the headdress on him. The guy's Andre the Giant. And Crazy Horse is such a gritty riff in a crazy song. That place, like, if he would have said, kill somebody, people would have started killing people. Like, it was that kind of vibe. I don't know if you saw that tour. That place was nuts. I didn't see that tour. I actually saw BLS. The first time I saw BLS, the only time I've seen BLS was, I guess it was last year. Maybe it's been two years now, but the year before last, whatever the... um, what was the last record? Catacombs? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, that was the tour I saw him on, which was either last year or the year before last. I can't remember, but I saw him in a thousand-seat place, which is the same place that they're playing during this Kiss Expo, which we need to make a decision on if we're going to go to that. But yeah, but uh, I, I, love, <laughs> I love BLS, man, and, and Crazy Horse, man. This song is one of my... This is on one of my running mixes because uh, this will get me up some big hills for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, you know, this, like I said, it was a 7,000-seater, but they had Priest on the bill, right? So they, I think they sold out the place. And, and these guys were the Lizzie. support act. Yeah, so, all right, so let's uh, play for the fans. If you never heard it, Black Label Society, Crazy Horse. <laughs>
All right. So, another few concerts of note. Some other things that I was thinking of. Judas Priest on the Screaming for Vengeance tour in 82. That was a uh, goosebump moment for me. Uh, I was right on the barrier for that concert. They opened up with um, Hellion and Electric Eye. Rob Halford's in this lift thing, this uh, uh, kind of a crow's nest lift thing, and uh, you don't see him at first. So the first opening lines of Electric Eye, you don't see him, but you can hear him singing, and then that spotlight hits him, man. That that was awesome. That was an awesome show. Uh, they played. I looked at the set list for that concert, man. That that set list was killer. They opened up with Hellion Electric Eye, went straight into Riding Riding the Wind. So wow. love, love, love that show. My first concert. I talked about it in my introductory episode. The first concert I went and saw was Van Halen on the Diver Down Tour in '82. House lights go off, spotlight hits Eddie, and he goes into Romeo's Delight, that opening riff to Romeo's Delight. And uh, Dave does kind of a spin kick right over Eddie's head. Killer. <laughs> you talk wow. about you talk about life-changing, man. That was life-changing for a 16-year-old kid. That was I was all about it from then on. Van Halen was my band, baby. And then rap. On the Invasion of Your Privacy tour, I saw them in Biloxi where they shot the video for You're in Love. Uh, so if you if you see that You're in Love video uh, on classic MTV or something throwback, that was shot in Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, and I was at that show when they opened up with You're in Love. That's a, that's a killer riff and a killer opening tune. How about you? You got any uh, songs or any... Uh, concerts come to mind that you forgot about well yeah but let's talk about rat for a second so okay for i i I love out of the cellar i like some songs on invasion of your privacy there's some songs i like on dancing undercover there's some songs i like you know on the breach with the sky etc etc the part that pissed me off about rat (laughs) is i didn't see him live until 89 because they canceled on me twice on invasion they canceled on me twice on dancing undercover I saw him for Reach of the Sky, and then they started. They canceled the second time they came for Reach for the Sky. I'm just like, so I've only seen Rat twice my whole life. I'm surprised that they canceled on the Invasion tour because that tour did pretty well. I'm not surprised about the uh, Reach for the Sky because that tour did really shitty, uh, and they were they were on their way out. That, that they were definitely on their way out around Reach for the Sky, but. The Invasion Tour, man, that was a pretty popular tour. They were definitely at the height during that tour. And they probably heard that you didn't like that record that much, and they couldn't believe it. They were like, are you fucking nuts, Hollywood? What the hell? (laughs) We're going to cancel our shows. Hollywood, what is it about um, you and people canceling? Gene Simmons canceled on you earlier this year. Rats canceled on you a couple times. What's, What's up with that, man? I think it's part of it that California is hit and miss. Like, if you don't sell here, you know, it's tough to be here. You think maybe at some point they think you're a little loquacious? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Drink. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, yeah, a couple I wanted to share. So, Def Leppard 92. You know, we've talked about Def Leppard a couple of times. But the Adrenalize Tour, I remember specifically because it was in the round, number one. Number two was an evening with Def Leppard. 
there was no opener, and the only an evening with other concerts I had seen was Rod Stewart and Hall and Oates. So this was the first time that I had seen a hard rock act kind of do that. This was a September '92, Arco Arena, Sacramento, and I remember there was all kinds of lasers and all this kind of stuff. The part that was cool about the round is when the curtains dropped, you had the four corners covered with Rick in the middle. And then the other four guys were all on opposite corners. And, you know, uh, Let's Get Rocked is set up with, do you want to get rocked? And then, you know, the curtains drop. So, and 92, you want to talk about wall-to-wall women at this show. Oh, my God, dude. It was four women for every guy, at least. That place was crazy. I don't know if I saw that tour. I know for sure I saw Hysteria tour, which was in the round as well. That was the, yeah. I was in the round. I think they played like two sold out night in Atlanta at the Omni. And I saw them like the first night and it was Tesla was the opener. Of course, who else did they yeah, take out? Course. But Tesla was the opener and, and that was an amazing show and it was sold out. It was packed. And yeah, of course, wall to wall women loved it. Yeah. And then White Snake 90. Bad English Opens, May of 90. This was at the Cal Expo in uh, in Sacramento. And I remember I wanted to go because I really wanted to see Bad English. I'd already seen Whitesnake a couple of times. and uh, But I was super excited because Vi was now in Whitesnake. So I'm like, okay, I want to go see Whitesnake because I think this would be really good. So it was a perfect bill for me. Bad English killed it. I thought they, they were awesome. And then, you know, the normal, if you've never seen Whitesnake, his popular... Uh, saying, I think, is here's a song for you, or here's another one for you. You know, it's (laughs) always something like that. And then, you know, the the curtain drops and they start in the slip of the tongue. And, you know, at this time, Aldridge is kind of like in his cage. And then I remember there's stairs on the sides, and everybody has stairs on the sides. And there was always ramps people could run up and down. So it seemed like the kind of the cookie-cutter stage setup at that time in those years, right? They even had that sort of cookie cutter set up for the 87 record as well, because yeah, uh, that was at the height, but that was pretty standard back then. So, yeah. And it was interesting because Vi, it, it seemed like it was Vi Coverdale. The other three guys really weren't, or maybe I was only paying attention to Vi. Maybe that was my looking at it that way, but it really seemed like Vi was being highlighted. But that's just my opinion. I hear you. Maybe you were looking at him with googly eyes. Yeah, that's possible. Too. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible too. But they opened with slip of the tongue, which you know was uh, it was the tour. So it's kind of interesting that uh, when I started looking back at some of the opening tracks on some of these albums, it was not uncommon for bands to open with a song that was off of their current record. Yeah, and usually a lot of times it was the opening song because. That's a song that kicks ass, man. Usually that opening song, I told you, I judge a record a lot of times on that opening track. Yeah. So you got a couple others to share? Yeah, I got a couple other things that came to mind when I was thinking about it. I saw Night Ranger on the Seven Wishes tour at the Fox Theater here in Atlanta, which uh, is a super nice uh, theater. It's like 5,000 seats. It's one of those old school theaters that 
are back from, you know, super old. There's a few of them around the country. It's just a beautiful, beautiful theater. Um, and this this will come up again later on in, in another one of my concerts. But I saw Night Ranger at the Fox Theater on the Seven Wishes Tour. And that was really cool because they had this big, uh, and you can Google it and YouTube it and go look, but they had this big, uh, like genie lantern on stage and, and they opened up the show. They all came out of the genie lantern. So that's, you know, the, the house lights go off, uh, the stage is covered up, the house lights go off and the spotlights hit this big genie lantern. Nobody's on stage. And, they all come out of this genie lantern and they go into seven wishes the song i really thought that was cool i thought that was definitely cool uh night rangers one of those bands i like quite a bit Uh, so i thought that was cool and then uh, a little bit more modern i saw rage against the machine at this music park it was an outdoor music park on the evil empire tour and that thing was so freaking packed. There were probably, I don't know, there were probably 3,000 people there. And it was wall to wall. And all I remember about this concert, other than the fact that Rage Against Machine was, was so damn good that night, all I remember about this concert, I remember two things about the concert because I had a lot of friends at this music park. So I was, I was on stage. Like I, I got to watch the show from the side of the stage. And all I remember was one, everybody had these plastic water bottles. And when they came on stage and they launched into people of the sun, everybody just like launched these plastic water bottles <laughs> and it was like a storm of water, plastic water bottles. It was unbelievable. It looked so freaking cool. And the whole crowd was just like up and down and up and down. You could literally feel the heat and the, and the poof of the crowd when they opened up with people, the sun, it was amazing. And then the other thing I remember about this concert, which was really weird is Somehow, some way, at the end of the night at that concert, the bass player and the drummer from Rage Against the Machine ended up in my car and I was taking them to like a fast food place to get something to eat. I don't remember how that happened or why that happened or what the deal was, but I I remember that. Uh, Like I said, I had friends at the venue. I was on the side of the stage uh, watching the show and yeah i i don't i don't remember how that transpired or or what happened but i i definitely remember that being the case at the end of the night so weird but (laughs) it is what it is so so those are a couple of concerts that i i for sure remember night ranger for me you know being a bay area guy you can see night ranger anytime you want i never saw them pop out of a genie though but that tour they played at the pavilion the conquer pavilion the ceiling's a little bit lower, so it's possible they couldn't do it. Want to take a wild guess who their opener was? Um, Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> it always lands on Tesla. <laughs> Spin the we bottle, it lands Tesla on podcast. Tesla. We should. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to be a hard... We'll do that for sure. That's that's not going to be a hardship for me. Yeah. And then I've never seen Rage at all. Never actually had an interest in seeing Rage at all, so... All right, so one I wanted to share with you and play a song. 
Scorpions 1988. What was super special about this day is it was my 19th birthday. It was on my 19th birthday, and it was a birthday gift. And me, my best friend, his cousin, and I think somebody else went, but I can't remember who the fourth person was. And Scorpions, you know, this is a savage savage amusement tour at this point. And I remember Winger opened, which was really cool because uh, Winger in '88, right? They're they have they've got some hits under their belt, and you know they're they were incredible live. It was at the Cow Palace, and it was the weirdest thing because this was the first time I had seen something like this. The curtain is laying on top. The curtain gets pulled up and then you see this kind of octagon shaped it's got ramps on the side it's got stairs on the side there's you know at the top of the stairs there's obviously place where people can stand and at the bottom of the stairs there's obviously place where people can stand and then the drummers in the middle and you hear a kind of like a flash of light and then the four guys from all four corners of the stairs pop up out of the ground that's cool. It was really cool. That was the first time I ever seen anything like that. I don't remember how the drummer got there. Maybe the flash of light, he had just kind of, kind of got on his stool. Maybe I'm not exactly sure how he got there, but I remember the four like popped up out of the corners, which was uh, kind of pretty weird. But cool show to see. It was an incredible show, incredible opening act. And the song they opened up with is off of Savage Amusement. And uh, we've never played the song before. It's called We Let It Rock. You let it roll. Come on with the scorpions.
Cool. All right. So let me make my way to my final concert discussion. So I talked to you a little bit earlier about the Fox Theater here in Atlanta. Beautiful, beautiful theater. I mean, really cool place to see a band. Have Broadway plays and stuff there too, but I've seen Prince there. I've seen it stream there. As I said, I saw Night Ranger there. But of all the bands that I've seen there, probably one of the stranger ones I've seen that that is definitely this is a dirty rock and roll band that shouldn't be in a beautiful place like this. I saw the Skid Row Slave to the Grind tour when they were headlining and Pantera was opening up. Talk about a massive one-two punch. That was amazing. I remember I had record company tickets to this show. So I remember I was like within the first 10 rows of this theater, which is really, really good in a theater, you know, first 10 rows. That's, that's killer seats. It's really close. And Pantera was great. Um, they were awesome. But it was the first headlining tour for Skid Row. And I'm trying to remember, I want to say that this is the first time that I'm seeing Skid Row live. Because I don't think that I saw them on their debut record live. I may be wrong, but it's not coming to mind that I saw them live on that first record. So I think this is the first time that I saw them live and they're headlining. And I mean, I'm a massive Skid Row fan at this point. I love the first record. I love the second record. What's, you know, what's not to love? I was ready for this show. And the house lights go down and they had these two staircases on each side of the amp racks with lights on the stairs. And I remember the stairs coming down and they launched into Slave to the Grind. And it was massive. It sounded massive. It was energetic. Those guys hit the stage. Sebastian, the rest of the guys in the band, it was just, it was like uh, somebody sucker punched you right in the face, man. I mean, it was really, really good. And that show was really good. They sounded great. Uh, so that was something that kind of sticks out in my, uh, in my head about opening songs and, and opening concerts. Yeah, so Skid Row. So I did see him in 87, and I saw him open for back-to-back nights for Bon Jovi. And it was in bigger, you know, it was at the it was at the Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, which is, uh, it'll probably hold 10,000, and then the Conquer Pavilion. So it was kind of more open, and they were the opener. And I remember Sebastian did not sound good, and I, I don't know what it was. So when I went to go see him on this tour, they played at the Kaiser Auditorium, Kaiser Convention Auditorium. It's in Oakland. Smaller place, probably about four or 5,000 people, I would think. And uh, I only went to go see Pantera because everybody was talking about Pantera, and I didn't really know anything about him, and that was kind of crazy. I, I don't know if I've ever seen quite anything like that. And then when Skid Row came on and opened with Slave to Grind, they sounded incredible. So I don't know if Sebastian had off nights with Bon Jovi. I don't know. Maybe I didn't hear it wrong. Maybe the acoustics were weird, but he sounded much better on this night. So this is a this is a kick-ass song. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen a show where where Sebastian didn't sound good. Maybe I've just had great luck, but uh, I've seen him a few times at this point. But 
Hell, here you go, slave to the grind. Bang your head. I would say if you are a hard rock lover and you don't own the first two Skid Row albums, you probably need to go get those because those are two great albums. All right. It's time for your Kistoric Moment on Growing Up Rock. Okay, so Kistoric Moment. So, you know, we always try to rope it into the topic we're talking about. And by the way, Daryl, Albert, this is for you. We're uh, more than an hour in and we haven't talked about Kiss yet. In your face. Yeah. Thanks for the Twitter comment, though. Love you. Um, it, it was all in jest. Uh, he he loves our show, and I'm glad he's a listener. And uh, we appreciate I love it. it. But, so 1990, Hot in the Shade tour. I know we've both seen this tour. This is with Leon. What, what was your experience with Leon? Mine personally, I I haven't had. My only experience with Leon was from a, a YouTube feed. So I've I've never I've never seen uh, I didn't see this tour I didn't see oh this, you didn't no I didn't see this tour at all I'd heard great things about it and so my only opportunity to see this tour was on YouTube after all the talk and hype had happened and uh, damn I wished I'd have seen it because it was amazing I saw it at the Cal Expo I had gone back to back nights and so you know the lights go on and the Sphinx is there. And then the mouth opens, and you see these four guys 
with their hands up. Eric Carr's got his drumsticks up, and it just looks so cool. There's lasers going on, and it just kind of gave you this impression that they were here to basically kick ass. Yeah, just kick ass that night, right? Just kill everybody there, just going to put on this great show. Now, I got to tell you, though, the place was half empty. And I remember that. And I felt so bad because this was uh, this was probably my fourth or fifth time. Yeah, I'd seen them. This is my fourth time seeing them. And I don't remember the place being as empty as it was that day. And I'm like, man. And Slaughter opened. Winger opened. I, I'm like, man, That's a great bill. Great bill, right? This is, this is an incredible bill. And there's like, what, four or 5,000 people here? How is that possible? But, uh, you know, whatever. So... They come up, the mouth opens up, they get down to their places on the stage, and then they kill it with one of my favorite Kiss songs, which I wish they would open every show with this song, because it is a kick-ass opener, and that is I Stole Your Love.
Oh, yeah. And that's your historic moment, and what a beautiful moment it is. Love that song. So, so killer. Something new that we are going to be doing for this podcast. Sonny, you haven't heard this yet, so this will be new for you, but... Yeah, I was like, uh, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling the curveball, buddy. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's, it's all about being lacocious. <laughs> Lackadaisical or laduzical or lollapaloozica. I'm lollapaloozica. <laughs> all right. So um, one of the things I want to do is recently I became a Spotify user. Spotify is new to me, but I got a three month uh, freebie. So I decided to take advantage of it and see what all the hype is about. Because up until this point, I really haven't been a streamer. I download stuff. I have MP3s, but everything's loaded onto my phone and uh, I've just never streamed up until this point. But I started using Spotify, and, and I got to be honest, man, I'm kind of loving it because, because you can pull up everything and anything, like stuff that I didn't even know was out. You know, I'm pulling up stuff. Kiss box set? No problem. Pull it up. And listen to Kiss box set. I don't own every last thing there is to own, so uh, sometimes it's kind of a nice convenience. But uh, the other thing for me is that I'm – I'm hearing stuff that I haven't heard before, like some of their uh, suggestions based on your what you're searching for and what you're playing. They put together these playlists of stuff they think you might like, and it's actually been really, really good, the stuff that I've you know listened to. Uh, so I'm really digging it. But one of the things that you can do with this thing, so you can put together your own playlist, and it's you can make it public so that anybody can see it, which I think is really cool. So what I'm going to do, one of the things, Sonny, you know this about me, everybody doesn't know this about me, but I, I try to run three or four times a week. And when I run, I put together playlist, like I'm an avid playlist putter together guy. <laughs> you know, I always make these playlists. My wife says I spend more time making playlists than I do actually running, but it is what it is. So what I'm going to start doing is putting together these playlists each week, and I'll call them, I don't know, Sonny, what's a good name to call them? The Grown Up Rock Run run List, or uh, uh, what? Running Up Rock, or Growing Up Runner, or what? <laughs> I don't know. We need a fancy name for that, that's for sure. All right, so let's come up with a fancy name for the playlist. I'll put it together, and what I'll do is I'll... I'll make it public and I'll share it. And so anybody that has um, Spotify can go and find this playlist. Uh, I'll post the link. I'll, pl- I'll post the playlist link uh, on our Facebook page. And I'll say this is this week's super growing up rock run list, whatever super fantastic uh, name that we come up with. And um, I'll put the link in there and you can go to the playlist and check it out. And I'll try to put some some new stuff on there that I discovered and some maybe some oldies but goodies some stuff that I like and uh, maybe a few curveballs because sometimes I like to to hear something a little um, off the metal track uh, once in a while I'll mix it mix it in there it'll it'll always have hard rock and metal on there because that's what I like when I'm running it gets me up those hills so what do you think about that idea pretty cool huh 
That's a good idea. I don't know about the loquacious explanation, but you know, yeah, it's a yeah, it was idea. definitely loquacious. But I had to, I had to get that out there. My bad. I just carried us over, didn't I? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right, dude. Let's wrap this thing up and head for home. So this was a really good uh, topic. I wanted to uh, just thank everybody for all the support and, uh, you know, follow us on Facebook and, uh, you know, keep giving us suggestions and keep the comments coming. I know we kind of play on the comments sometimes, but uh, it's a really fun thing to do and I'm glad people like it. So uh, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. And I'll say this. So we appreciate everybody's support. That's fantastic. But definitely, Please, please share and help get the word out there because the only way we can grow the podcast and so we're not, you know, it's not the same five people listening to it every every week. Hopefully we got more than five. But <laughs> so it's not the same five people every week. We want to be able to reach out and branch out. So we want to make sure that we're, we've got five this week, 10 next week, 15 the next week. You get the point. So uh, the way that that happens is word of mouth by sharing things, by going on and participating on our Facebook page, get involved. We ask questions on our Facebook page. You guys can get involved. We'll, we'll share your, your stuff on the podcast with other folks. It'll be great. Another way that you can help us is by going to the Grown Up Rock uh, webpage, grownuprock.com, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. And when you guys go and do your Christmas shopping uh, at Amazon, because I saw some stupid stat the other day for like Black Friday where they were like selling 700 uh, items a second or something like that. It was something nuts. I was like, holy shit. But whenever you guys go to go to Amazon or whatever, if you'll just click on our link to the Amazon store and go do your shopping, it doesn't cost you a penny more. You pay the exact same price you would have paid if you went straight to Amazon. It takes you to the Amazon store. You do your shopping just like you would normally do. But we get a little bit of a kickback, which helps us pay for our hosting fees and helps us, um, you know, cover our costs for making this podcast because we're not making any money doing this podcast. It costs us money to do this podcast and we want to keep on doing it because we're having a good time talking rock and roll for everybody. So hopefully you guys are enjoying it. So that's my 50 second sale. Uh, that cool, Sonny? That's cool. Let's uh, shake, rattle, and roll. All right, people. Till next week. Peace out. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Started out down a dirty road. Started out all alone, and the sun went down as across the hill, and the town lit up. The world gets still I'm learning to fly But I ain't got wings Coming down
is the hardest thing Well, the good old days may not return And the rocks might melt And the seed may burn the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.